Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar. So let's start off with a prayer, please. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who, by the Holy Ghost, was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, raised, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended unto heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So, the last episode... We um, we moved away from the meditations on the sentence of Christ by Thomas More, and we um, we sort of focused or addressed uh, the events that were happening. So it's important that we don't, um, as Christians, detach ourselves from the world completely. Um, um, but one of one of the biggest mistakes that um, many Christians make is they think that because uh, the world is contrary to the Christian faith, that often enough we we sort of put our heads in the sand. We think to ourselves that, well, we can't be part of that. That's one of the reasons why, uh, as Christians, we often make mistakes. Uh, an example is, look at the political arena. Look at the fact that uh, how many times have many politicians came catering for uh, votes during election time, promising Christians that they'll defend their values and everything. And often enough, they, um, once they get their, your vote, they go off to Washington and they practically do nothing that represents your values. It is important that we remain active that we may remain active in our spiritual lives and that we remain active uh, in, let's say, the, the political arena. Christianity was not born in a vacuum. When Christ commissioned his apostles to go out into all the world, preach and teach the gospel to all, and he said, you know, you must, you know, you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he said, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. But he also said, you are in the world and you are not of the world. You are in the world. You remain active. You remain um, active in the culture. You have to influence the culture. You have to influence the minds and hearts of people. 
and you must teach the world. I mean, he did say on, uh, on top of the mountain, uh, when he gave the sermon, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its seasoning, its flavor, what good is it? But it has to be cast out and trampled underfoot by men. He also said, you are the light of the world. You do not take a light or lamp and hide it under a bushel basket or underneath the table. You put it on top of the table so that everyone can see. He also said that he is the light of the world. So because he is the light of the world, we are the light of the world. That means we have to help the rest of the world find Christ. He also said that you must be... um, Clever as serpents, but gentle as doves. All these things mean that we have to be active and we will be judged if we do not remain active. We have to change the culture. The early Christians were put into the arena, they were persecuted, they were tortured, they were treated terribly, all those things, bad things happened to them. And they suffered for the gospel. They didn't run away from persecution. There's a lot of people in this world, a lot of people. I just saw a report on, um, on the online about a Google worker who punched a pro-lifer in the face, assaulted a pro-lifer. And then he comes back and wants to sue the pro-lifer for emotional damage. This is what I'm saying in the last episode, that the culture was materialistic. It was materialistic. It basically, it does not understand what life is. It wants, it wants the world without consequences. They want sex without consequences. There are consequences. Okay, you get into a relationship with somebody physically and emotionally, there are consequences. We all know that. All right? You go to work. You do something wrong that could damage things or endanger your fellow coworkers. There are consequences. None of us live in a vacuum. None of us live in a, on an island. You take drugs you go to work, you handle machines, you could get hurt or you could wind up hurting others. You take a drug, you go or you drink, you go behind the car, you you drive it, you put other people's lives in danger and yourselves. You kill an innocent life. All right? You know, it's it's obvious. There are consequences. There are con- it follows the law the law everywhere. That's the way God set it up. There's no way for us to escape it. So I'm going to read to you um, a passage here from uh, 1 Corinthians. And it's going to be related to, it's a very small passage. I'm not, I don't know if I'll read the whole thing here, but maybe I will because it'll probably put it better in context. So chapter 12, verse 1, all the way down to verse 11. Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren... I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were heathen, you were led astray to 
to mute idols. However, you may have been moved. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus be cursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, therefore, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are various of services, but the same Lord. Now, there are variety of workings, but the same true, the same God who is who inspires them all and every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are inspired by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. This is um, St. Paul's um, writing uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 1 all the way down to verse 11. Now, uh, the first part, because you're going to hear it later on in Thomas More's uh, writings. Um, the fact is, he goes on to say that no one, no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever curses Jesus Christ. And no one can say Jesus Christ, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, and then he goes on afterward talking about the various different gifts that were given. Now, the only way we could all receive these gifts is that we have to live in Christ. We have to live the Christian life. We have to live and be close to the sacraments. And now, for those of you who are not Catholic, the sacrament is the body and blood and soul divinity of Christ. We feed off him because he was a physical human being, that he was truly God and truly man. He left us his body and blood that we receive in Holy Communion. As Catholics, some of us can go every day and receive the Holy Sacrament every day to church. And some can go, of course, on Sundays. But naturally, of course, you don't have to go to church to receive Holy Communion. I just learned that the mandate to go to church actually is uh, to keep the Lord's Day holy. That's a divine mandate that comes directly from God. And that means you have to at least remember to set a day aside from God, I mean for God, so that you can receive you can receive the graces from God. That means a day where you set aside and you read, pray, and keep the Lord in your mind and your heart. Now to go to church, that's more of an ecclesiastical mandate. Now you don't have to go to receive communion. Because some people, before in the past, you had to fast several hours so that you can receive the body and blood of Christ. Some people can't do it. But the important thing is to receive Holy Communion according to, to the church teaching. You can actually receive communion once a year. 
the the fact to receive Holy Communion every uh, Sunday came uh, when a particular Pope changed the rules a little bit. Um, I'm not too, exactly too sure. I have to look into that, and we'll talk about that another time. But the important thing is here is how how do we how do we develop this relationship with Christ? We do it through prayer. We do it through reading the scriptures. We, we also read other spiritual writings. We also study the lives of the saints. We have to keep close to him. We have to keep close to him because we have to remember. Remember what Jesus said in the end before he ascended. All authority of heaven and earth have been handed over to me. And that is the fact that he is our authority. Every single one of us, he is our shepherd, he is our authority, and he is our life, and he is our source of life. He is the light of the world, he is the light of our life, and he is also, if he also, if we are the salt of the earth, then that makes him the true salt. He's the salt and light of our lives. Let's go on to the... Um, to the other gospel, uh, more doesn't more focuses again. Like I said last time, he tends to linger a lot, a long time in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm going to go to John's gospel and I'm going to pick a passage that Jesus said while he was walking with his apostles from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, where he reminds them who he is. So let's read the next passage, which will be in John's gospel. This is from John's Gospel, uh, chapter 15, starting from verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the by the word which i have spoken to you abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me i am the vine you are the branches he who abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers. And the branch are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in me. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you. That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 1, all the way down to verse 11. That was quite a lot. 
Okay, so um, I'm going to start reading to you Thomas More's uh, Reflection and Meditations on the Sadness of Christ. Just to remind some of you, yes, I had to take some liberties in editing. Um, Moore wrote in a different time uh, and in a different place. And the English language in his time was quite different. It was, uh, you know, just almost a few years before uh, Shakespeare. And, um, you know, you know how Shakespeare sounds. And imagine what Thomas More uh, how he sounded, <laughs> you know, um, and if we read it exactly as it is, um, I don't think you'd bother to listen to the podcast, but I had to, uh, thank goodness some scholars modernized his work a little bit. And, um, I had to take a little bit more liberties because there are some things, um, luckily when I read his work and play it back, I realized that I had to soften a few words. So let's start. Christ, our Lord, came into the world to earn joy for us, through and by his own sorrow. This joy of ours was to be fulfilled in our souls as well as our bodies. He chose to experience pain and torture in his body, but also the, the bitter feelings of sadness, fear, and weariness in his mind. This to bind us to him all the more through his great passion for us by this to show us that it is impossible to avoid suffering and persecution of Christian discipleship. He freely chose so many griefs for us and we see our savior himself enduring by his own free choice, numerous bitter torments, both in his body and mentally, not because he deserved them or, or he had any fault of his own, but to do away with the evil committed by our fallen sinful nature. Nothing is hidden from his eternal knowledge. He foresaw that there would be people of various kinds and temperaments in the church, his, the church, his own mystical body, his member. And yes, that they would, be, they would differ considerably in personality and makeup. So nature alone, without the help of grace, is incapable of enduring and helping us to deal with suffering and persecution of the Christian life. The Apostle Paul said that no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Now that I finished reading this, um, yes, remember, more is lingering on about how Jesus had to take on not just the physical nature of a human being, but he had to take the psychological, the mental, uh, all the, um, everything, everything that every human being has. Remember, I mentioned the imagination, uh, 
all the psychological things. He, he foresaw that all the diseases humanity would suffer, the mental diseases. Remember, he cast out demons and he also healed epileptics, people with mental disorders as well. And, you know, I mean, there are exorcists that say that even mental and psychological disorders uh, have some demonic origin in them, but they are reflected mentally. Science can't see these things because doctors are dealing with the body from a different perspective. Um, priests, who also, uh, some of them can be exorcists, deal with the supernatural. They're doctors of a different kind. Just as we need a doctor who can help us with physical ailments and ailments that are either from birth or ailments that we develop through life through just genetics. Um, so a, a doctor, a priest, is a spiritual doctor and has to deal with the supernatural that you can't see in a microscope. Not impossible, but Jesus understood the human person so well. Remember, like in the Gospels, it says, he knew what was in the mind and heart of man, and he would never hand himself over to sinful men, especially he couldn't do it early in his ministry, but he understood what was in the imagination and in the heart of every person in the imagination and in the heart of a person is really going deep into the psychological nature. There are a lot of people we think we know, and it turns out they're very different behind closed doors. They're very different in their private lives. Um, it's, you know, it's not a secret. I mean, we got serial killers, we got sexual perverts, we got serial rapists. We got people who were shocked to find out, uh, like to look at child porn. We got people who loved hurting physically as well as psychologically other people. So Christ, uh, through his incarnation, meaning becoming a human being, taking on human nature, except without sin, is the great doctor, is the great psychiatrist, is the great physician that these are titles that many theologians have given to Jesus Christ because they understood the nature. And Thomas More here points out, notice what he says, that Christ foresaw through his eternal knowledge that there would be various different peoples within the church, various people with different temperaments, different personalities, considerably different. And each one of us, um, Christ deals with each one of us on one-to-one -one basis. The only difference is, is that every person who wants to be saved has to be honest that they want to be saved from their sins. They want to be saved from this horrible condition that we're in. You have to be, you have to want salvation. You can't just pretend and act like a Christian, you have to want it. And Paul uh, points out here, because Jesus himself foresaw that nature itself, the, the physical, the will not save us. It cannot save you. 
It needs grace. It needs a supernatural um, charge from heaven to come down and help us, help us with our our wills because we're, our wills are going to be bogged down through temptations, sexual temptations, addictions, um, the temptations which will affect our imagination. And this is true. This is what we need. And this is what Christ did for us. He won this by taking this on himself. I mean, remember, I mean, look at the Gospels. You see the various behavior. You see how Simon Peter behaves. He was impetuous. He sometimes, you know, would say and do things without even thinking. Then you had someone like um, Judas Iscariot is a good example of the fact that we have different people in the church. Everyone has different different uh, natures, different personalities. Some can some take time, some maybe they act too soon, they're they're too uh, impressionable, they want to impress everybody, they want to show off to everybody. There's different kinds of people. And then you have shady characters like Judas Iscariot, who sometimes don't even know why they're in the church. They're interested in Jesus, but they never fall in love with Jesus. They're interested in the Christian faith. They like the Christian faith, but they don't fall in love with the Christian faith. This is the kind of people we got to deal with. And just like you got to deal with people in the workplace and you got to deal with people at home, you got to deal with different members of your family. The same thing, you got to deal with people in the church. So I'm going to end it here. Um, you guys should really spend time, if you can, pick up the scriptures and read these passages and read them very slowly. Um, take your time and notice certain words that pop out to you when you read the scriptures and reflect on them. You know, I think it's uh, I think this is a wonderful time if you have to be home, um, you know, now that we are, we're sort of forced, quarantined. And um, read the scriptures, take your time. And read the Psalms. The Psalms are really beautiful because the Psalms deal with a lot of psychological stuff, a lot of emotional stuff. But you'll notice that the word feelings, uh, depending on the translation, doesn't really come up. In the original Psalms, uh, you'll notice the word feelings doesn't come up in the Gospels. Jesus never asked his apostles, hey, uh, Simon, hey, John, uh, Bartholomew, how do I, how do my words make you feel? He never does that. He never asks them about their feelings because feelings are very abstract. God knows that our feelings are bogged down and sometimes are impeded or um, just defective because of sin. What God concerned about, he wants you to act. This is why it's important that the Holy Spirit helps us to take action to overcome ourselves, our doubts, and our fears, our you know, our um, you know, our constant torments, you know, afraid to take, afraid to take that step. So, uh, I'm going to end it here, and I'll get back with another one. Uh, hopefully, we can move a little forward in the um, 
in in the our meditations because we're getting close to Easter soon. So uh, God bless, and so let's end it with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. God bless, and uh, stay safe.